Hello and welcome to Accountable Arizona Election 2022. Today's episode features Eva Birch running for the State Senate in Legislative District 9. As we learned from our episode with Lorena Austin, LD9 is a high-stakes race. Eva's passion for her community was clear. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I am running for the State Senate. I'm running in Arizona's Legislative District 9. We just did all of this redistricting, and so I think a lot of people are a little bit confused about what district they live in, or maybe they never knew in the first place. It's something that really lends itself to people who pay attention to politics more than to the regular people who were just trying to live their lives and work hard. But Legislative District 9 is in Mesa. Specifically, it's West Mesa. So it's all of downtown Mesa. It goes from about McKellips down to about the 60 and on the northwest side or north-south side. And it goes from about the 101 to about Val Vista. Okay. Um, and then also includes the Dobson Ranch area. So um, it's a really good chunk of Mesa and does include all of downtown Mesa and the surrounding area. Ah. And are you originally from Arizona? I am. I am actually fourth generation Arizona on my dad's side and I am a new American on my mom's side. My mom was born and raised in Norway. She's still a Norwegian citizen. Um, she came here, studied nursing, got her nursing degree and was a pediatric ICU nurse for 30 years. Okay. What makes you love Arizona? Why do you love Arizona? I do love Arizona. Uh, I love Arizona for so many reasons, but uh, to start with, I love the desert. I love desert landscape. I also just love how close we are to everything here, that there's so many different climates and environments in Arizona that you don't have to drive far to go somewhere and be in the snow. You don't have to drive far to go somewhere and be at the beach. And I just love that. But I also love the community. Um, and I love the sense of, of family and, and that this is where I belong when I'm here. And I've lived here my whole life and, and I plan to live here my whole life. So it's, awesome. it's home. Yeah. Speaking of belonging, what communities in Arizona are extra special to you or do you see yourself a part of? Yeah, I would say that where I was born and raised was in Phoenix. So I went to the Madison School District and then I went to Camelback High School, which is Phoenix Union High School District. So that part of Phoenix, kind of the east central Phoenix was where I was born and raised and that is a place where I can go and I feel very much at home. I had lots of jobs down there when I was a teenager and in my early 20s and so that definitely feels like home. But of course now I live in West Mesa and I've been here for several years. I went to college in Mesa here. I worked in hospitals here in Mesa and I'm raising my family here in Mesa. So I'd say those two areas are where I'm the most familiar and the most at home. Yeah. If elected, how do you plan on helping our underserved communities in Arizona? There are so many things that we can do in the legislature to serve disenfranchised communities and I'm really committed to those issues. Some of them are obvious, like education. We have to fully fund our public education system, but there are also things that we can do to help with the economy and to help with the housing crisis that we're in right now. Things like legislation that helps with price gouging, which is a serious problem. We have these big corporations that are reporting record profits during a time when Americans are really, really struggling and there are things that we can do to make that situation better, to to fight inflation and to make things more sustainable and realistic for everyday Arizonans. And the same thing with housing, making sure that the housing trust fund has the funding that it needs and that 
developers are having to reserve a certain number of units for low-income housing and things like that. There are a lot of little things that we can do that will make a big difference in the legislature. And of course, making sure that we have equitable access to high-quality health care is, is probably my biggest issue because of my background as a nurse and I'm now a nurse practitioner. Um, and I want to do whatever it is that I can to support those issues. Yeah. Despite popular belief, it's not people from California moving in and changing. Not, it's not. wealthy Westerners, a lot of people from the East Coast. Um, we are not being inundated with um, Californians. That's just not true. Yeah, it's housing or greedy companies. Well, and when the issue isn't separate from our business development in Arizona either, because the the education and the business side of things impacts our economy so directly when we have these big companies coming here and setting up shop and hiring that's great i want us to have a robust economy i want us to be attractive to businesses so that we can um, have that that environment however if we don't have a well-educated pool of candidates for them to choose from they are hiring from out of state yeah. that's just a fact I and mean, we have to have this robust education system to match our robust economic growth so that they have a well-educated pool of candidates to choose from and are hiring people here at home and we should incentivize those companies to hire Arizona's. Yeah, it's all connected. How do you plan on interacting with your constituents if elected? So that has already begun. I'm working very hard to knock doors and to meet as many individuals on their terms, on, in, on their turf as I possibly can, um, knocking thousands of doors, trying to make sure that I'm available. I'm also giving out my personal cell phone <laughs> number to, wow. um, to people who I meet because one of my biggest concerns is that I don't think our current representatives are available to the community in a way that's meaningful. You should not have to make a meeting and go downtown right. to talk to your legislator. And hope for an email and, back. And may or may not yeah. be able to even get such a meeting. And if you send an email, it's probably going to be a staffer or somebody else who's responding to that. And that's just unacceptable. We are divided into really manageable district sizes and not everybody in the district wants to talk to me. So yeah. I should be available to people who actually are being impacted by the legislation that I write or not representing them. And you kind of lose a sense of representation and of what that position is supposed to be. We are public servants and we are supposed to answer to the people who elected us and not only to our um, donors or the special interest groups that give us their support. So making sure that I'm personally available to take calls, to answer emails, to, to go to events, to engage with the community is a really high priority for me. It's awesome. Who or what else on the ballot are you excited uh, to vote for? Yeah. Well, I'm really excited about water. Yeah, <laughs> it's, we're, uh, it's a very important yeah. issue. Anything um, that we can do to have a more sustainable uh, environmental plan for our water supply and protecting our water resources, reservoirs, rivers, lakes, streams, things where we have unchecked groundwater pumping that is really hurting us. And what I think is sort of interesting or, or maybe bewildering to me is that that also hurts our economy because we are a tourist destination. We have our fishing. It hurts so many things, our recreation that attracts people to Arizona in the first place. I mean, we can see it happening in real time before our eyes. It isn't something that is abstract, that is harder for people to grasp. We can watch it happening. So legislation that protects our environment, protects our water sources, um, protects our 
our parks, things like that are um, high on my priority list and I'm really excited about those issues. Of course, I'm excited about making sure that we are protecting the vote in a really meaningful way, that we don't have to worry about vote by mail being at risk, for example, which an overwhelming amount of Arizonans utilize vote by mail. We should never have the conversation about that that might be at risk and that really impacts disenfranchised and marginalized communities more than anybody else who has access to a car, who has access to a convenient voter location, things yeah. like that, who can get the time off work to go and vote, those types of things already disproportionately impact low-income communities and, uh, and other marginalized communities. So those are things that I'm excited to be a part of. And, and of course, because of my work in reproductive health care, doing everything that I can to protect reproductive health care is top three for me, um, especially just because of the nature of us losing our civil liberties at the federal level. It really does now come down to the states to yeah. protect pregnant individuals and those who require reproductive health care. And since that's the industry that I work in, and since I myself actually had an abortion earlier this year for a pregnancy that was very wanted but not viable, I understand how hurtful and how much it really does impact individuals, communities, and even the state to not have access to that kind of care. Yeah. What advice would you give to voters, constituents, everyday people on better on how we can hold our elected officials better accountable? Well, the most important thing is always to vote, uh, of course, but there is a lot of time between yeah. votes. And the place where I think some people get lost is if I am not able to vote somebody out right now, I've got my hands tied. There's yeah, nothing I can do. And that's not true. There are always ways to put public pressure on our elected officials to do the right thing. And we know that it matters because we see these extremist politicians right now backpedaling on these statements that they've made because they can see, oh, this is a losing message. This is yeah. not a message that's going to win for me. Now, whether or not that actually influences their votes, I'm not so sure, but I do know that we can make an impact on our elected officials in the way that they interact, on the positions that they take, and on the hard lines that they draw, and that if they know that they are going to lose their positions of power, because that's what they want, is a position of power. It is very often not about serving the community right. as much as it is about having a position of power. Threaten that, and you might have a chance at right. moving the needle when it comes to their policies and positions. Yeah. I like public pressures. We've seen it do a lot of incredible things. So hopefully we can continue if some races don't turn out how we want to, right. to keep up that spirit. And that's really my background is in activism. Anyhow, I worked with the Phoenix Extension of the Women's March for many years, knowing that um, if we were going to have all of these individuals in office who do not represent our values, then we have to stand up and say something about it. You have to be vocal. You have to be present. They have to feel the heat, or you're just gonna let them have their way on yeah. every issue, and and 
we can do better than that. Absolutely. This is my final question, uh, and then I'll have whatever you'd like to say as sure. final message. Arizona, unfortunately, has a long history of white supremacy, and it seems to be bubbling in different communities around. Uh, how would you use your office if elected to uh, fight back on that? I love this question because racism is a white people problem. It's a white people problem. So as a white person who is elected at an office, it becomes my responsibility to hold other white people accountable, um, to use that position of power, to use that white privilege in a way that is meaningful to the community and that holds people accountable for the words that they say and the policies that they introduce. We can't pretend that policies are about other things or that they don't include any um, racist undertones when they do. We have to talk about it. We have to stand up in front of the people who are doing it and make sure that they know that we see them. Yeah. And that's really my intention as a legislator is to make sure that I'm a part of that process and that I'm holding people accountable for the reality of the impact of their legislation and not just whatever vague agenda they are being most forward with as they write and pass hurtful legislation. Yeah. What would you like voters, listeners to know? Well, first of all, I have an opponent yeah. <laughs> who is, yeah. a, in my opinion, in my belief, dangerous to Arizona. My district is such a critical district in this state. We really have an opportunity because the incumbent was a Republican legislator, was a conservative, he was a reliable conservative. That's not who my opponent is. My opponent is not uh, a reliable conservative voice. He is a right-wing extremist with a history of promoting policies that will really hurt our communities. And we have an opportunity to win this race. It's a very competitive district where we have about 37% independents, I believe, and then we're split almost down the middle between registered Democrats and Republicans. And so it is going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of people being motivated, being willing to do that very small but meaningful work of casting their votes of going to the ballot box and filling out their their ballots um, and sending them through the mail. Also, I won't try to understate the value of voting, but this race is going to take work. It's going to take feet on the ground. It's going to take people filling out postcards or um, knocking on doors, making phone calls, text banking. There are lots and lots of ways that people can get involved if they want to see us succeed in Arizona because we are 14-16 in wow. the Senate right now. And if, um, if we do the work and if we earn these seats, these races that are competitive that we can win, we have an opportunity to tie or even to flip the state Senate. And that takes us off the defense for the first time in a very long time where we actually have bargaining power in the legislature and where our 
it's not just us trying to stop bad legislation all the time, but our colleagues across the aisle are going to have to work with us to get any of the things that they are passionate about accomplished, and that means that we are going to be able to get some of the things that we are passionate about accomplished as well. Um, the other issue that I just can't have anybody paying attention to me without talking about pretty extensively is that abortion issue yeah. because my opponent is 100% as he says pro-life but what we know that that means is that he doesn't think that abortion is uh, acceptable in any situation and I'm just here to say as a professional and as someone who has utilized abortion services uh, um, that a failed pregnancy is common it is common to need an abortion yeah. um, and I'm not interested in arguing over what abortions are okay and what abortions are not okay what I know is that if we ban abortion at any stage that is going to hurt people that is going to cause problems that are unfathomable to me and that there is no point in a pregnancy where you are no longer at risk for potentially needing an abortion, that you can be in the third trimester of your pregnancy and something can be terribly wrong. You can find out about a genetic abnormality that's not compatible with life. You can find out that there are organs growing outside of the body of the fetus. Um, you can find out that you have a, a medical condition yourself brought on by the pregnancy that is putting your life at risk. There is no point in pregnancy where an abortion ban is not going to be dangerous and cause critical harm right. to individuals. And the last people that we need sifting through those reasons to decide whether or not they're valid are politicians, that um, the medical professionals who are trained and qualified to make those decisions should be making those decisions with individuals in a private setting that is free from the, the public discourse or from the influence of even rightfully elected officials. There are jobs for public officials and um, reproductive health care is not one of them. Yeah. I wish I could vote for you. <laughs> My Tempe vote uh, across. <laughs> we do have that little sliver of Tempe. Yeah. There are some people who live in Tempe who can vote for us. Okay. But, uh, but yes, of course, it's just a very little small portion. I, I would say to with don't feel like you can't help our campaign because right. you don't live in our district. If you are in a district that is reliably safe, that is definitely going to go blue, uh, well, they don't need your help as much as we yeah. do. And uh, please help them too, don't get mad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, if you are in a district that is reliably red and, and there isn't much you can do to, to move the needle there, what I'll tell you now is our district is a place where your time, your efforts, matter. Yes. They will make a difference. We can win this race and it will drastically change the course of uh, Arizona politics if we're able to be successful in, in this election cycle. So um, come help us. We need you. Yes. And I'll post all information to how to get involved with yes. uh, the campaign. Just my website is, is a, a good place to start too. We've got places where you can sign up for volunteer opportunities and we have lots of them. We do things every day. So it, it doesn't matter if you're only available at odd times or at odd days. Yeah. We always have things going on where um, you can be a part of it and any amount of time helps. Thank you so much for running, for being here, for speaking truth. Uh, I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be a part of it and looking forward to more opportunities in the future. That was Eva Birch. 
I appreciate her willingness to be an unapologetic leader for her community. You can learn more about how to help flip LV9 at evaforarizona.com. That's E-V-A-F-O-R Arizona.com. I will also link it at our website. Don't forget to stay accountable, Arizona. Thank you to local artist Junk Dior for our intro and outro music, All of Your Days.